Matthew chapter 28, please. We're in a series entitled Discovering the Divine. Let me just remind you that we're looking at everyday encounters that Jesus had with people, everyday normal people who are learning about God, about his character, about who he is, about how he loves people and how he treats people and how he talks to people. And in this series, I started thinking about the disciples and the encounters that the disciples have. And so we talked about two of the encounters the disciples had. This week, we're going to talk about the Great Commission disciples. In other words, the encounter that the disciples had with Jesus when Jesus gave them the Great Commission. I'm going to show you, and we're going to talk about the Great Commission in Matthew 28, but I'm going to show you what I believe are four other Great Commissions. I think there are actually five Great Commissions. The last chapter of Matthew, the last chapter of Mark, the last chapter of Luke, next to the last chapter of John, and the chapter of Acts. So we're going to look at those tonight, all right? Each one of these, I believe, gives us a different impartation with the commission. Here's the first one. The first one is go with authority. Go with authority. That's why I think Matthew saw that. Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now, most people or many people start this great commission here with verse 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples and baptize them and teach them. Here's the problem with that. I think verse 19 is a continuation of what he said in verse 18, and I think you miss something if you start in verse 19. Because verse 18, he starts with this, All authority, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Then he says this, Go therefore. Now, let me say that a different way. How about if it had been said this way, Therefore go. Therefore go. See, anytime you see the word therefore in the Bible, you need to ask yourself what it's there for. Because it's there for a reason. It is a continuation of a thought. Here's what Jesus said. All authority, all authority has been given to me because of this. Now you go. Therefore, go and make disciples. By the way, the word make disciples here in the Greek is the main verb in this verse. Go, therefore, could actually read having. In other words, here's what Jesus is saying. Having already gone, having already been sent, being released under my authority, I want you to make disciples. Now, please hear me tonight. Many, many times when we hear some preaching or a message on the Great Commission, it actually turns out to be the Great Omission in our lives. In other words, we feel like, oh, this is the thing that I've omitted. This is the thing that I haven't done. This is the thing that I'm always feeling guilty about because I don't do it enough. And here's another message about it. That is not why Jesus gave the Great Commission. He did not give the Great Commission to make you feel guilty that you're not doing enough. He gave the Great Commission to literally commission you or give you the authority to do it. The word commission is a military term, and it means to give an officer authority when you put him into a position. When you commission someone, you give him the authority to function in that position. The definition
actually legally transferred authority. That's what commission means. Legally transferred authority. Here's what Jesus is doing in Matthew 28. He is legally, by God's rights and by God's power, transferring authority to us to go and make disciples. So I don't want you to feel guilty because you quote-unquote don't do this enough. I want you to understand that you've been empowered to do this. And what you've been empowered to do is make disciples. And the best definition of make disciples is in this verse, these few verses that we read. If making disciples or discipleship has two parts to it, evangelism and teaching. Evangelism and teaching. For instance, he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's evangelism. Teaching them to observe all things not commanded. And by the way, the best part of this verse is overlooked most of the time. The best part of the verse is overlooked. You know what the best part is? It is the last words of this verse, and it is the greatest promise Jesus ever gives. Jesus himself said, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And that ought to get you excited. Tomorrow, or the next day, or the next day, or the next day, you're facing a difficult situation, here's what you need to say. Thank you, Jesus, that you're with me right now. Because he always with me. I have a friend that's afraid to fly. He interprets that different. He said, and the Lord said, and lo, I am with you. Always. I don't think that's what he meant, though. So we have to go and make disciples. Now, most of the time when we talk about discipleship, we think only of teaching. We don't think of evangelism. Please understand, you have to evangelize. Think about this that day. Or think about this first. Let me say this. Many times when people say, I like to disciple people. Uh, I love to disciple people. Think about what they're saying. What they're saying is, I like to take new converts and teach them the basic elementary principles of the faith. That's what I like to do. I like to disciple people. So I like to take someone already saved and teach him about the Bible. The only problem with that is, is that's not what Jesus is talking about that day. Think about this. He's talking to 11 guys. He said, go make disciples of all the nations. Now, yes, teach them, but you got to get them saved first. When he saw these 11 guys, he didn't mean you guys go find some new converts and teach them the basic principles of the faith. You want to know why? There weren't any new converts. It's just these guys. So here's what he's saying. Go find some lost people and get them saved and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to observe all things not commanded. So we have to understand that the Great Commission includes evangelism. Evangelism and teaching. You have been commissioned. That's what I want you to hear. I don't want you to hear guilt. You have been deputized. How's that? I was watching this last week. One of the stations uh, had an Andy Griffith marathon. Anybody else? Oh, yes. And I watched, I was watching this one show where Barney Fife was trying to deputize Goober, Gomer, Floyd, and Otis. been deputized by someone greater than Barney Fife. G. 
Jesus himself deputized you, commissioned you as an officer, gave you the authority to win people to the Lord and to serve him. Got it? Okay, you've been given that authority. That's the first great commission, go with authority. The second great commission is go with signs. Go with signs. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these, now the next three words are the words I want you to remember. These signs will follow. Signs will follow. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Here's the main thing this is trying to tell us. When you go, signs are going to follow you. That's what he's saying here. Even talking about baptism here. Baptism is a sign that we have been buried with Christ and raised with him with a new life. He's sharing some signs, and he's not trying to start a snake-handling church here. Okay? When he said you're going to take up serpents, he's clearly speaking of the demonic. It's the same word. It is the same Greek word in Revelation 12 and Luke 10. Let me show you that. Revelation 12, 9. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. That's pretty clear who he's talking about, isn't it? Not hard to figure that out. That's the same serpent, same word, used in Mark 16. Here's another place it's used. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He doesn't mean that we're to go out and step on snakes and stinging critters. He means that when you go, there is an enemy that's going to oppose you, but I have all authority. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, and with that authority and you don't need to go follow signs. That's not what this said. It doesn't say believers follow signs. Believers follow Jesus, and signs follow believers. We just do what Jesus said, and we lay hands on the sick and they recover. We speak with new tongues. We cast out demons. We do the works of the Lord Jesus because he has given us the authority, and these signs confirm the message that we preach. Here's the third great commission. Go with scriptures. Go with scriptures. Luke 24, verse 44. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law, that's the law of Moses, the first five books of the Old Testament, the prophets and the Psalms, that's the rest of the scripture, Old Testament. And he opened their understanding, this is very important, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And then verse 47, he says, And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. Here's another great commission, beginning at Jerusalem. Now, here's what I want you to see. You're a disciple. When Jesus was talking to the 11 disciples, and he said, Go into all the world, preach the gospel. Go make disciples. Think about this. He didn't mean just for those 11 to be disciples. Because he told those 11, you need to go make some more disciples. And if you're here and you believe in Jesus, you're a disciple, all right? 
So here's what I want you to see. These disciples, Jesus did something for them, but he does it for all disciples. He opened their understanding so they could comprehend Scripture. That's good news. You can understand the Bible. You don't have to go to seminary to understand the Bible. You don't have to get a degree to understand the Bible. You just have to be saved. Just get saved, become a disciple, and the Bible can jump off the page at you. We believe in the verbal, plenary inspiration of the Scripture. Now, let me tell you what basically that means without trying to be real theological. We believe that God breathed the Scriptures, that this book was given by the breath of God, the literal mouth of God. God gave this. This is the holy, inspired studying and praying and get ready for the weekend. This is what I feel that I'm doing in the Spirit. I'm doing this. And then I walk around like this. And if anybody asks me what I'm preaching, I tell them because I'm all excited. See, and I, I do this. And then when I come on the weekend, this is what I do. I'm trying to give you the Scripture. sent me, I also send you. And when he 
verse 23, a lot of people leave this verse off. Can't leave it off. It's very important. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, this is why I say go with grace, because he's talking about the forgiveness of sins. By the way, before we get to the forgiveness of sins, notice he said, as the Father sent me, I send you. And he breathed the Holy Spirit and received the Holy Spirit. I just want to show you full circle. Try to remember this little phrase or write it down. You can think on this all next year. I want to show you full circle. The Father gave us the Son. You all agree with that? The Father gave the Son. The Son gave the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. Watch full circle. The, the Holy Spirit gives you the Son. The way you get saved is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit convicts you. The Holy Spirit leads you to Jesus. The Holy Spirit then gives you the Son, and the Son gives you the Father. And we'll say it one more time because y'all didn't say, yeah, that's great. Okay. The Father gave us the Son. The Son gave us the Spirit. The Spirit gives us the Son, and the Son gives us the Father. Yeah, that's great. said it, God, and said, God, why would you do this? I had a plan. God said, I have a plan. And my plan is better than your plan. And I'm not using parrots, I'm using people. God is depending on you. Here is the, here's the gospel that he is depending on you to share with people. God loves you, and God forgives you. The Great Commission is a gospel of grace. It is a gospel of the forgiveness of God. You've got to give that forgiveness to people. I was meeting with a man one time in counseling, and I, boy, the Holy Spirit just spoke so clearly to me. He does not feel forgiven. He has not received my forgiveness. He walks around with guilt and condemnation and shame and condemnation. And so I just felt like the Lord told me to do something. And so I said to the guy, I said, he was saying something. 
she said this. This was really good. Then she did it again. She looked like this. I said, I do have Jesus. I know how to be saved. I've been saved. Now, let me just tell you something.